You are listening to Impact Launch, business and life mastery podcast, a podcast that helps professionals, business owners, and organization leaders solve problems, clarify your vision, and execute goals to grow strong teams, grow your business, and leave your legacy in your business and your life. My name is Scott Caldwell and I'm your host. I've spent my entire career as a consultant entrepreneur. I started my company from the ground up 10 years ago. And through this, I've had the experience to work with some of the greatest leaders and organizations out there. This podcast is to share that experience through interviews with incredible people and to deliver messages that will motivate you to create wild success and strong leadership in all areas of your life. Thanks for joining in with me today. Now let's listen to the message. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Impact Launch. We're so glad you're here joining us this morning. I'm super pumped about today. Um, buckle up. This is going to be amazing. So who I have with me today is Dr. Stevie Dawn. She's founder and CEO of Orange Compass. And so she has spent her entire career as a teacher or trainer, uh, even as, as a college professor uh, for a time period. Uh, she has, um, in her career, though, uh, pursued uh, a passion of hers, which is to be a trainer, an expert trainer in leadership and emotional intelligence. And so um, she works through Orange Comp uh, Compass, her company. It's, it's an emotional intelligence based training company. And uh, Stevie, you've trained professionals uh, from top companies all over the nation. Um, I don't know, maybe internationally, you may need to need to fill us in on that. But um, you're based out of the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and so Stevie, we're so glad to have you on today. Um, I want you to fill in the blanks. Uh, anything I missed on on introducing you this morning? Uh, no, no, that sounds that sounds great. You know, everybody always asks me why emotional intelligence or what what brought emotional intelligence to my life, and you know, for me, it's it was really something that um, I didn't search for. Uh, it found me as a topic. Uh, I was in my PhD program at Colorado State University. Go Rams. Um, and uh, my advisor actually kept coming up to me and is like, what are you going to write your dissertation on? What are you going to do your research on? And I really had no ideas. Um, I was studying leadership, but there's so many things you could do in leadership. And I just had no thoughts on what to do. And um, she sent me an email one day and the subject line simply said, if you can just imagine this, it just said, you need this. Uh, okay. That's all I said. Yeah. And it was an article um, to Daniel Goldman's work on emotional intelligence. Okay. Now I chose to take that email in light of you should research this, not you lack this and you need help. I chose to take it as a topic I could research. I don't know what she originally meant by that, but we're just gonna we're just gonna assume that it was a good topic. And um, the article changed my life. And uh, from there, I said, "Yes, this is what I need to study. This is what I need to work on." And then I just kind of dived in, and uh, and it's been it's been quite a journey. It's definitely something that uh, has become such a part of my life that now I don't know that I can separate my life from emotional intelligence. I kind of use it all the time. But, um, but yeah, so kind of interesting. Always, always interesting to think about where, where do these things hit us and how do we come up with yeah. these ideas for our lives? And that was one that was just, 
handed to me. I did not search it out at all. <laughs> so, so two things there. I love, I love stories like that. Um, just, just those chance encounters. I mean, it, that, that was, that, that was a minute conversation you had yeah. and, and uh, it, it changed your life. It just set your life on, on, on just a complete different trajectory than what you probably thought you were going. Absolutely. And that, that's so awesome. Uh, and I, it's, it's, it's such a perfect example. Anybody listening to me as well, that, you know, every day is a new day. And I mean, your life can change in, in a heartbeat. And, um, and so just, uh, I, I think, I think that should be encouragement to anybody that might be listening. Uh, they may be, you know, struggling or, or having challenges right now. So yeah, that's awesome. So the second thing is emotional intelligence. I've read article after article that uh, talks about this subject and um, and it talks about, you know, typically the article is titled the true key to success as a professional. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it always, it always ties directly to success, mm -hmm. uh, not only as a professional, but just in life uh, period. And so, um, you know, so could you elaborate a little bit on that uh, with, with regard to how, important emotional intelligence is to um, to our success? Yeah, so I think the reason that it gets um, pushed towards success so often and they get kind of tied together okay. is that emotional intelligence is something that we use in all facets of our life. Mm -hmm. And for a lot of us, true success comes from good relationships. And emotional intelligence is a direct technique for having better relationships. So whether you are, um, you know, in a professional sphere and wanting to move up in the workplace, you're going to have to build successful relationships to make that happen. So you're going to need that emotional intelligence. Um, whether you're at home raising your kids and you're trying to make sure that you raise good humans, uh, you're going to need emotional intelligence to do that, to teach them to have good relationships. Yeah. So I, I think that's one of the reasons that it ties to success so easily is because that's a piece of success that no matter what industry or what way you're looking at success in life, most of us will say that success has some component of others in it. It's relationships, it's marriage, it's um, relationships yeah. uh, spiritually all of those different things. And at its core, that's what emotional intelligence does is it makes you a better relater. It makes you able to have better relationships. And it all starts with that self-awareness piece. Oh. And I think a lot of success is truly from self. So it's that self-awareness contingent. And that makes perfect sense. So tell me a little bit how emotional intelligence impacts our conversations. Yeah, so, um, Realistic, excuse me, realistically, um, emotional intelligence can be defined in a lot of different ways, but it really is all about interpreting messages correctly. So hearing what somebody says the way they meant for you to hear, hear it rather than your own brain uh, figuring it out. Mm. And it's also about being able to communicate your message effectively by keeping your, com your emotions in check. So when we really look at that, every conversation we have has an emotional component. Whether it's that the topic of the conversation is emotional, say um, getting feedback from somebody at work or 
breaking up with someone or telling a child not to do something. It could be all the things. Um, so most, most conversations have an emotional component. And if you're not, as a person, as an individual, if you're not grounded and know what emotions are happening and know how they're impacting what you're saying and what you're thinking, then you're going to slip up, right? I, I always say open mouth, insert foot, we all do it. Yeah. And that's truly because we're not actually grounding ourselves in our emotions and, and being cognizant of all that stuff going on back here. We're really just focused on what's coming out our mouths and that's not the whole picture. And so I think every conversation then needs a little bit more emotional intelligence just to have a better conversation because there's always emotion attached. And then the second part of that, kind of like that's the, that's the ground level. If we accelerate that a little bit and say, okay, what's that next level then? If we got that part figured out, it's understanding that in a conversation, there are two different people, which means two different sets of expectations, two different sets of emotions, two different pairs of ears. Um, and so emotional intelligence is how do we also use that empathy to understand another person's perspective? which is gonna change the conversation. So, so for me, when I go and train um, clients and when I coach, even coaching entrepreneurs through sales conversations, mm -hmm. right? It, it really is that emotional grounding is the first step to being a, in a successful conversation, no matter what the conversation is about. Mm -hmm. And so having that emotional intelligence really does kind of set that tone and allow you to be in complete control of what's about to happen. And I think too often, we kind of let our mouths lead the way instead of really making it a thoughtful conversation. Yeah, so that's interesting because I've always kind of thought of emotional intelligence as almost as, as reactive, which, which to a certain extent it is. There, there's yeah. listening, there's interpretation. If I'm hearing from you correctly, there's listening, interpretation, and then realizing that there's two different people with sets of emotions um, with, 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 with different agendas, uh, et cetera. But, um, what, what I'm hearing also that it's, 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 it's proactive as well. And so for example, um, and, and, and tell me this, if, if I go into a meeting and say that it, it has nothing directly tied to what I'm, what I'm meeting with about or who the person I'm meeting with, but if I have a set of emotions already, uh, instilled in me that day. For example, maybe I'm feeling down on myself or I've, I, I don't have as much confidence as, as, I, as I usually would going into a meeting. That can affect the way I react in, in essence, totally throwing off my level of emotional intelligence. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. So the, the easiest way to think about it is we all have emotions pretty much as soon as we start having our day, right? We, we talk about things like waking up on the wrong side of bed uh -huh. or, um, you know, you get up one morning and you're running late or you stub your toe or whatever it could be. You start having emotions as soon as you wake up, as soon as things start happening Fr from the sense of, you know, did you push, did you push snooze three times or did you just get up? Right. Yeah. We have emotions immediately. Uh -huh. And so a lot of times what we, what we forget to do, just because we don't really put that much thought into our emotions, uh, probably as much as we should, um, is we don't think about before we interact with another person, what our emotions are already saying. Mm. 
So I call it a pulse check. And, and we can do this, you and me right here, we can do it together. And uh, you can do it with a team, you can do it individually, it, it doesn't matter. Okay. But if you were to, uh, right now, right in this moment, I were to ask you, how are you feeling? You have to put a number to it between one and 10. One being, this is a horrible day and I really don't wanna have the day again. 10 being, this is a perfect day and if every day was like this, I would be happy for the rest of my life. Everybody, everybody we meet is somewhere between a one and a 10, right? In that given moment. So in this moment, what's your number? I would say that I'm probably, I would say I'm a solid seven. Solid seven. Okay, great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm, I'm probably about a six today. I haven't had any coffee, so I'm going to give myself. It's not because you're talking to me. Is it? <laughs> no, not at all. But I haven't had any coffee. Okay, now I want you to take that number, right? So that's a pretty good number. Seven is a pretty high number. Six is a pretty high number. Everybody's range is going to be a little bit different. But I want you to take that number, and I want you to put an equal sign, and I want you to write listening ability. Okay. Your number, how you're feeling that day, has a direct correlation to your ability to listen to anybody else. Wow. So I want you to think, if you're having a really bad day, right? Everything has gone wrong. It is just one of those mornings where Ooh, yeah. I was late in the carpool lane with the kids and then somebody yeah. forgot their lunch and all the things. Then you already are at like a three and then you get to the office. The first person you encounter at the office, they may be having a great day. None of that may have happened to them, but you're only listening at the level of a three because your brain is trying to fix all the other stuff that's already happened. And so you walk in as a three, your body language is a three, your mood is a three, your tone of voice is a three. And all of a sudden, this other person who didn't cause your problems, right, was not the, not the, the problem child, but this other person is now feeling the three. Yes. And that's where we have to, and that's, I think, where we really get into this proactiveness, to your point, right? We always think in the reactive, but we got to start thinking in the proactive, which means before I step in, right? So before we had our meeting today, and I do this religiously, okay. before we had our meeting today, I did a pulse check. And okay. I said, you know, I'm feeling about a six today. That's where I'm at. And then I say these words. It's not their fault. Mm. And what that does is it's a trigger phrase and it cleans the slate. And what that does is it's just a trigger phrase to my brain to say, you know what? You're not the, you're not the reason I haven't had any coffee. That's not on you. I don't need to take it out on you. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah exactly. Not your fault. So I need to show up able to communicate and to listen at the best of my ability because you deserve that. Oh, that's you common. don't deserve the emotions that happened before here. Mm, mm. Does that make sense? Uh, oh, yes. I mean, okay, okay, so that's not even just walking into the office. I mean, I, I think about this. There's been times that um, I've, I've had the kids or my wife has had the kids and they haven't necessarily been little angels. And yeah. um, as soon as my wife gets home, it's like, take them, you know, or, or I, I, like I'm taking my wrath out on them. And that's so, I mean, that's it right there. It's, it, yeah. you know, pulse check. It's not their fault. It's not. Uh, their fault. Oh man. So yeah. that, I mean, that's, that's, it'll change your life. 
It'll change your life if you do it. It really does. It's amazing because I am one of those people. And when I talk about how emotional intelligence has changed my life, this is one of the key places that it's done that. Mm -hmm. I'm a person who I, and I'm just going to be honest with it. I have bias. I have past experiences that have biased me to, cur to current experiences. And we all have them, yeah. but I'm like really willing to admit that I know that about myself, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, you can call them daddy issues. You can call them past marriages. You can call it whatever you want, but we've, we've got that baggage yeah. and I, I am a big carrier of baggage. And so I learned in my own personal relationships that I shouldn't be taking out emotion on the person in front of me who didn't cause it, right? That's my baggage. That's not theirs. They didn't cause it. They don't deserve it. And once you start really unpacking that, number one, you get a lot healthier because mm -hmm. you just let it all go. But number two, you start really hearing conversations clearly because I'm no longer hearing it through my filter of, oh my God, I'm having a terrible day. Yeah. Yeah. Now I'm just hearing it for what it is. Whatever's coming out of their mouths at that moment, that's what I'm hearing. Instead of my brain filtering through all these emotions I already have. Like one of the examples that I think we all feel is if we were ever a bad kid and we got called to the principal's office, there was this element of just getting called to the principal's office meant you were in trouble, right? And so you automatically take on those emotions of I'm in trouble. I did something wrong, right? Even if you didn't. And they could have just been calling you to the principal's office because your mom brought your lunch. It could be nothing. But you instinctively go negative. Yeah, yeah. But now, as adults, we transfer that to our boss. And when our boss calls us into their office, we're in trouble. Uh-oh. Yeah. And we immediately come in with these, oh gosh, why am I getting called in? Oh my gosh, why are they closing the door? And we're immediately changing it into this negative space that has nothing to do with the current situation. It's all past experience that we're just bringing in. And then even if they're telling us good things, what we're hearing in our brain, if we don't clear our slate, clear our emotions, what we're hearing in our brain is, well, they're just saying that to be nice. They don't really mean it. I mean, they're going to backstab me the moment they can. We hear all this negativity that they're not saying. They could be saying great things, but our emotions are convincing us otherwise. So we got to clean that slate so that we can have better conversations. That's so we can really hear somebody. Yeah. So it's, 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 about, it's a matter of positioning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so here's the, so this is a knock on myself and, and I'll, I'll admit it. Um, okay. um, I I'm at a seven today because the sun's shining, uh, out here in Amarillo, the wind's not blowing. <laughs> um, okay. you know, it's, I, I, I got to drive to work with my, with my moonroof open and take in some fresh air, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful day. It and is. I was looking forward to this, this video conference. And in visiting with you, because like I said, I'm so in, I'm so enthralled with this. Um, however, there are days when the sun's not shining. Out mm -hmm. here, the wind could be blowing 40 miles an hour. That's realistic to think. It, it really could in Amarillo, Texas. Um, you know, where it's just, there's a lot of variables around me uh, mm -hmm. that are just really um, taking me from a seven, a little bit down, maybe below the mid range. And um, and so, how are some ways that I can I can 
attack that and, and gain additional emotional intelligence and, and kind of check in, in addition to a pulse check, what are some other ways that, that we can gain emotional intelligence? Yeah. So one of the things to think about is when you're in, let's say you do a pulse check and you realize you're at about a four, you're just not, it's not the best day. Uh, one of the key things to do at that moment that you make that realization, which hopefully it's early in the day, is yes. either A, talk to people or do things that are going to raise your number. Okay. So there are people in our lives who make us feel better. And there are songs we listen to, podcasts we listen to. There are different things that make us feel better. So number one, if you're not feeling your best, let's try and change that by doing the things that we know are gonna make ourselves feel better. But then the other thing is to look at your schedule and to see, is there anything that you probably shouldn't tackle today? Mm. So having some grace and forgiveness to ourselves that some days are just gonna be a down day and maybe that's not the day to do certain types of work or to engage in certain conversations. And so I, I'm a big believer in reschedule when you're not at your best because everybody deserves your best. And so if you're not able to come in with a clear filter to that conversation, can you reschedule it to tomorrow? Could you reschedule it to later in the afternoon after you take a walk in the sunshine or maybe go get a workout in something that's going to make you feel better? So a lot of, you know, the, the self-awareness part of emotional intelligence is kind of it starts with the pulse check and then it's, okay, how do I improve my own mood? How do I improve my own emotions? Yeah. Because we don't want to be in that reactive space if we can help it. So what can I do for me that will boost my number a little bit and allow me to, to be in a better space? And then what do I need from a, maybe a professional or even in personal relationships? What do I need to change? Um, Cause today is not the day for that. Uh, recently my mom was really sick and, um, and you know, anytime, uh, anytime you have a family member who's ill, your number's going to go down. It's yeah. just, it's, and yeah. it's just like a cloud. It's a cloud that hangs over you and, and, and there's not a lot you can do. Um, and so I went into what I call survival mode which is I did the things I had to do, but anything that was optional, I moved. I, I just said, you know what? They're not gonna get the best version of me today, so it's not, it's not worth it. I'd rather move it. And I give myself grace and forgiveness. I don't feel guilty. I don't berate myself for it. I don't beat myself up. I just say, okay, th this is what, because I wanna give the best to them. Well, and, and, that's, and that's the thing, you know, because yeah. I, I, have, I have a hard time sometimes saying no or rescheduling. I, I feel mm -hmm. guilty, but if you have the perspective of, well, I'm not going to be able to give my best. So that's unfair to yes. the person I'm meeting with. That, that kind yeah. Of your, yeah. It, it changes it. Right. And it makes it not so bad about you. Cause it's not that you just don't want to, right. That's a different, that's a different place. If you just don't want to meet with that person, that's a whole other issue. Right. right. But if it's the, you know, I can't give them my the best today cause I'm not feeling it then I reschedule it. And I, and I think that's something we need to consider in all areas of our life, right? That's not just professionally, can I change these meetings around, um, reschedule these sales calls? It's also personally. Are there people in your life who, who you love dearly, but they drain you when you're with them? Then you probably don't want to see them when you're already feeling low. 
That's uh-huh. not a good day to do that, you know? And so just even thinking in those personal relationships and who we need to meet and who we need to spend time with, right? Our emotions are something we can 100% control and take responsibility for if we are aware of them. So if we can get super aware on how, how we're feeling and how it's impacting us, then we really can right? Change our whole outlook, change how we're interacting with people. And I think to your point, when we come in with, let's serve others first, right? Let me be 100% in this conversation for this person. Then that, that takes away guilt and that takes away all those other things because I'm like, no, if I'm not 100%, that's not fair to you. Yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. you didn't deserve that. And that again gets to, it's not their fault. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Definitely. That's great. So talk to, talk to people, um, interact, um, and, and then look at your schedule. Is there anything that you probably shouldn't tackle that day? Um, any other points? Um, another way to just kind of improve your own emotional intelligence. If you just kind of feel like, okay, I'm not always sure I'm crystal clear aware of my emotions or aware of other people's emotions are, you know, really investigate or learn. I took a deep dive into body language. Um, body language is huge when it comes to emotional intelligence. Um, and so understanding body language, you know, doing your research about body language, even just watching um, videos uh, and, and kind of observing body language and thinking about it. One of the things we had to do in a class, um, I took once, and I thought it was such an amazing exercise, is you had to watch an episode of a show, um, not a show you knew. It had to be nothing you like followed, right? So you didn't know the characters and you had to watch the entire show on mute. Okay. And you had to write a summary of what happened in the episode with just body language. That's That's all you had to go on. You weren't supposed to like read the lips and do the thing. You were just supposed to look at the body language and write down what occurred in the episode. And what's interesting is then, right, you go back and you watch the episode with the sound on and you get it. And most people are 80 to 90% correct. Really? That's awesome. And what actually happened because it's all body language. So really interesting stuff. So if you're, if you're one of those people, and I meet people all the time, right, because, because of who I am and what I speak on, they come up to me, okay, I have zero emotional intelligence. What do I do? And I said, well, if you... The fact that you say you have zero means that you have some mm-hmm. because you're aware <laughs> that yeah. you don't have any. Yeah. That's actually emotionally intelligent to say you have none is emotionally intelligent. Yeah. Um, but I, I always tell people, you know, it's one of the things, this is a learned ability. It's not something you're just born with or not. You have to study it and you have to dive into it. And so looking at body language or reading a book or an article on body language is a great way to help yourself out. Um, you know, looking at empathy and learning about empathy and sympathy are great ways to improve your emotional intelligence. Any of that kind of little research can be really helpful because body language is such a high part of this science. And so the more you understand about body language, the more you'll understand about it. Are, are, are there any books or articles that you would suggest? Um, yeah, so um, do, 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 that's a great question. Uh, Emotional Intelligence 2.0 by Travis Bradbury is one of the one of the kind of the leading books of our time. 
Um, now, Daniel Goleman wrote all the original work, and everything we do today is based off of his work, but it's a little bit more, you got to get into it and read it. It's a little more scholarly, whereas Travis Bradbury really did a easy version, <laughs> which I love. Um, and also, if you're on LinkedIn, Travis Bradbury and his company publishes articles about stuff all the time, and it's really easy to read. It's really easily digestible. Um, so that's, that's one I always recommend. Um, body language, there's tons of different books, um, and they're all good. But one of my favorites is to look up TED Talks about body language. Okay. And there's several that are great. Um, I haven't seen a bad one, right? It's TED Talk. Um, but there, that's a really good place. Yeah, there, there is one. And she wrote a book about it. And I, I cannot think of her name right now. But her yeah. big, it's, it's, it's about posture and yeah yeah like the superman pose and confidence and all that stuff yeah yeah Yeah. okay so i'm I'm gonna throw you a curveball real quick okay um i have uh my nine-year-old and i have talked a lot about owning your emotions and that you know you feel the way you feel or you react the way you react uh it's all under your control do you have any uh, tips for parents um, <laughs> yeah, this, so, this is kind of a side uh, personal conversation. Maybe. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, no, so so the thing about children versus adults in terms of our emotional intelligence is that if we really look at from a scientific standpoint, our thoughts lead to our feelings, which lead to our actions. Okay. Thoughts, feelings, feelings, actions. So, so for most of us as adults, we can, we have the cognitive ability to sit back and say, what am I thinking that's leading me to feel this way? Right? So I can ask somebody, you know, why are you scared to get up on stage and speak to that group of people? Well, I'm afraid what they're going to think of me, or I'm afraid I'm going to say something wrong. Like we can talk through the thought process Mm -hmm. because we're adults. The hardest part for kids is they don't stop and think about the thought process. So they kind of just go feelings, actions, feelings, actions, feelings, actions. There's a thought process that's happening, but they're not as aware to, to have that conversation, to think about it, to think about their thoughts. They're just not, that's not something we teach kids at a young age. We teach them to control their behaviors. We don't teach them to control their thoughts. And I think that's really, that's really where the disconnect is. If you think about that, right? Because we yeah, teach them yeah. to control their behaviors, but not to control their thoughts. But their thoughts are what are leading them to their behaviors. So in, in the example of a, of a nine-year-old, right? It's about talking to that nine-year-old. Why do you think you should get to do that? Mm. What, you know, asking that question, right? And, and having those conversations about what are they thinking about? I think we focus too much on how are they feeling and we forget that there's a part before the feeling, there's the thinking. So what, what thoughts are they having that's making them feel that way, which is making them act that way? So we talk to them about why do you feel angry? Why do you feel angry? Truth be told, they don't, they're not, they just feel angry. Uh-huh. What we need to be asking them is, what happened to make you think I should be angry at this person? Mm. 
Because, right, if we think of thoughts, actions, or uh, thoughts, feelings, actions, yeah. actions lead back to thoughts as a circle. That's so, Right? So for, for, especially for children, you can tie the actions back to the thoughts. So what action, what happened that made you think you should feel this way? And really using that word think will get them to start thinking about what's going through their brain. Yeah. And that's going to help them control their feelings. That's gold. <laughs> Lots of gold in this conversation. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad. So, um, so we, we, when we work with clients, we always, we always say, you know, you have to know where you're at now to mm -hmm. be able to gauge where you, where you want to be. Right. Yeah. So what are some ways, how can we, um, gauge our, our level of emotional intelligence? In other words, I, I think it's termed EQ. How, yeah. how, how, how can we uh, gauge our EQ? Yeah. So there's lots of, you know, from a, from a true kind of data perspective, there's lots of assessments and things you can do online. Um, all of them are good, none of them are bad. Uh, anything that brings awareness to yourself is gonna give you kind of a, a, a gauge of where you're at. Okay. I always say, you know, for most of us, if, if we were to give ourselves a score between one and 100 on how we're doing on emotional intelligence, most of us would give ourselves somewhere in the 60s right? 60s to 70s. Because we'd say, well, you know, I, I always say if, if you can have a conversation with somebody and you don't get slapped every time, then you have some level of emotional intelligence. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, hey, if you didn't, if you were offending people every five seconds, you would know it, right? So, so for most of us, we know that there's, um, we know that there's some level of emotional intelligence we have. We can see when somebody's upset. We can see when somebody is not feeling their best. And we change what we're saying because of that, right? We have a tendency, especially in American society, we have a tendency to say things like, oh, how's your day today? And when somebody says something, we're like, oh, okay, that's, that's good, right? Or that's bad, or I'm sorry to hear that. Um, so a lot of us have a, a standard already it's really thinking about there are three different places where emotional intelligence kind of hit, hits us, right? Okay. And so it's really thinking about just taking a reflection of yourself and saying, where am I in these three areas? So number one is self-awareness. So that's how aware are you of your own emotions and how they're impacting your life. Pulse check. Right? Just exactly. That's where the pulse check comes in. Uh -huh. Now, the second area is awareness of others. So are you thinking about the body language? Are you looking at other people and kind of seeing where their pulse check is before you engage in conversation? So are you adjusting to the person in front of you, right? And some people can admit that they don't do that a lot, right? And that's okay, that's something they can work on. And then the third one, and the, the area that we probably do the most naturally, but don't actually examine it as much as we should, is situational awareness, okay. which is are there are certain things going on in the environment that we're in that are causing people to feel different things. And for most of us, we, we can sense that when we say things like you could cut the tension with a knife yeah. or, or things like that. Like that's that situational awareness and situations have emotion attached to them. 
Um, one of my one of the exercises we do in our trainings is um, thinking about events that happen in uh, in our lives and how they impact us even at work. So, for example, at work, if uh, your company is going through a big change, a big transition, a big reorganization, there's emotion attached to that. You've got people who are feeling like their jobs are going to be gone, so they're scared. There's fear at the workplace, and it has nothing to do with any specific person. It's just the situation brings about fear. Um, you could have people, um, you know, it's going through a big reorganization. You might have people who are trying to promote, trying to get new jobs. So maybe there's even ambition in that, right? And, and a feeling of, maybe it's a feeling of entitlement. Maybe it's a feeling of, I, I got this. I should be on top of this. So situations have emotion and those emotions play out in the people involved. So I think that's another place that a lot of us are kind of aware of it in general, um, but we don't actually examine it probably as much as we should. Um, in, in today's society, one of the easy examples is, and I can ask you this, do you remember where you were on 9-11? Oh yeah, definitely. Right? And you have, a, you have probably in your head a mental picture of that day. Yeah. On that day, if you had to go to work, was it a normal work day? Absolutely not. Right. No. So that situation, which impacted some people at a much higher level than it impacted others, right? For a lot of us, we were just, we were just standby seeing it happen. Yes. But that situation impacted our lives that day. It had an emotion attached to it that we all carried with us throughout the day. So that's situational awareness, understanding that those kinds of situations will bring emotion into places and into conversations where it wouldn't originally have been. And we need to be prepared for that. So those are really the three areas, self-awareness, awareness of others, and situational awareness. And so I, I usually coach clients on, if you had to look at those three, which one do you think you need the most work on? We all can improve in all three areas, but it's always about choosing one to start with. And so if people choose, well, I need to become more situationally aware, then it's about thinking about when you go into a meeting, what's going on in the organization that might be impacting this meeting today? Who called the meeting? What are the politics of the meeting? Yes. What's going on in the larger sphere, right? If it, um, if I'm talking on a personal side, right, family life, right around this time of year, situationally, people are going through graduation. People are going through, oh my gosh, my kid's about to go away to college. Yep. And I'm dealing with that, right? There are emotions around this time of year that are going to be impacting people. So situational awareness would just be thinking about what are those things and trying to make sure that we're accepting all of that and understanding it's impacting us. You know, if I want to better myself and other awareness, I get better at body language. I get better at reading other people. I try and listen more than I speak so that I truly hear what emotions they're using. If I want to get better at self-awareness, I do more pulse checks. I write, a, write in a journal. I do gratitude practice. I do things that help me become more aware of my own emotions and what's going on in my life. So all three areas are needed, all three areas are good, but most of us have one area that we know we need to work on. So when people are like, well, how do I, how do I figure out what my EQ is? I always say, if you look at those three areas and you pick one, most of us are aware enough to know which one of those we're weakest at. Mm -hmm. And we 
choose it and work on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So let me ask uh, real, just a kind of a curious question. Yeah. Um, and again, another knock on myself. So we'll, we'll just, you know, beat up on <laughs> me today. Uh, I always say that I can't, like, I, I really don't like arrogant people. Um, mm-hmm. When someone's very, when someone's rude to me or disrespects me and I um, have done nothing to them, it automatically shoots me into the same level of disrespect back to them. You know, I, 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 I like, I immediately just, I don't respect them anymore and I don't care to be nice to them, <laughs> I guess, you know? Um, so that's a knock on me. And, and, and I realize that's something that, that I have to, I have to work with, but do you have any tips and advice for um, how to deal with people who may not necessarily have a whole lot of uh, high level of emotional intelligence or maybe having their bad time or, you know, what, what are some ways that we can deal with hard to deal with people, I guess. So um, number one is I do think that we all need to be better as just human beings of giving people grace. So understanding that they may have had a bad day. They may have had something happen in their lives. And yeah, it's not your fault. And yeah, they should be better and not be taking it out on you. But maybe I can give them a little bit of grace and say, you know what? I'm going to assume that (laughs) this isn't about me and that maybe you're just having a bad day. And I'm going to let you have your bad day. I'm going to let you have it. And I'm not going to add to it, right? So that's number one is I think we can do grace and forgiveness. Number two is I think we need to get better at calling each other out a little bit when it happens. So I'm, I, and I do it a lot. Now, again, because of who I am and because of what I talk about, I think people accept it a little more for me. So I I know that maybe not everybody can get away with this. Um, But one of the things that I will do is if I'm in a conversation with somebody and I feel like their tone of voice or their language is not for me. Like I didn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Uh I'll call them on it. And I'll just say very nicely, very monotone, no emotion from my side. I say, I say, um, can we just stop here? Because I feel, I feel that you're, you're using some emotions, some words, some language that really isn't directed at me. And then I just, I just stop and I just let the awkward pause allow them to figure it out. Um, And so what that does is by saying, hey, I hear you, I hear it, but I don't think it's meant for me. It allows them the opportunity to do two things. Either number one, say, and this is what happens with most people, you know what, you're right. I had a crappy day today and I'm just not at my best. Okay. Fair. At least we know where you understand and we move on, right? Um, so it allows them to admit that, right? Which saves them a little face too because then they're not coming off as bad because they're admitting that they're not having a great day. But the other thing it does is it allows them to clarify if it is you. So sometimes we don't think it's us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they really think it is. And so it also gives them a platform to say, actually, I'm speaking like this because this is how you make me feel. This is what I feel about our relationship. Okay, then we need to talk about that. That's a whole other thing. But this way, we're not ignoring it. Uh-huh. We're, we're allowing it to be what it is. At least you're um, 
the situation that needs to be addressed. Yeah. 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 So I, I find just by calling people on it and again, it's, it's monotone. It's all about I, right. I feel that the tone of voice isn't for me. I feel the body language is not matching up with what you're saying. Um, I feel that you're treating me in a, a way that's, that's disrespectful, right? It's I, 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 it's all about me. Um, you know, so that they see that I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm just trying to say, this is how I feel. And then they have the opportunity to kind of dictate what they want to do out of that. Yeah. Um, I have had one time where somebody literally just said, yeah, so what? Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Right. Then at that point I felt like, you know what? I said my piece and okay, then we're going to have this conversation. It's going to go the way it's going to go. And, and I just got to let it, let it slide. Right. Like I just got to be like, okay, I'm done. Um, but that has only happened once in eight years and I've had some really bad conversations, but it's only happened once. Um, every other time, most of the time people admit they're having a bad day. I have had a couple of people say, actually, this is about you because you irritated me, blah, blah, blah. Okay, great, but at least now I know. Like, that's good, we handle the situation. Um, another thing when dealing with difficult people, um, in, in whatever way that is, right, whatever that means to you, it's always trying to think about, most of the time the reason we feel people are difficult is because we don't feel they're truly hearing what we're saying. So their responses don't match what we're expecting their responses to be, right? So they're letting us down because they're not meeting our expectations. So one of the things that I think is important to think about is, number one, if you were expecting a certain response, did you say that up front? Too often we expect things but never tell other people we're expecting them, and then they let us down, and then we're mad, and in reality, that's all our fault. We didn't tell them what we were expecting, right? So from a professional standpoint, that might be something like, you know, um, by the way, we're gonna have this conversation. I'm expecting you're going to want to take some time to think about it and get back to me. Notice I'm already putting it out there. I, I'm not expecting an answer today. I'm uh -huh. expecting you to need to think about this and get back to me. That's a great phrase to use in difficult conversations when you know that their instinct is going to be defense. Yeah. So if you say that up front, this is my expectation. My expectation is you're not gonna have a response today and that's okay. I want you to go and think about it and come back to me later. Then you're giving them that permission and you're setting that expectation. Yeah. Um, another thing is to always think about if they're not, you know, what expectations are you having that you haven't said? Like I, I think, un Unmet expectations is one of the biggest things that gets under our skin. And yet most of the time we never actually state what those expectations are. So, so in the end, it's our own fault. Um, so that's one of the things. Another thing, um, you know, when dealing with somebody who's different from you or, or not really hearing you is making sure that you are really hearing them. So taking the self-awareness tact and going, okay, um, I'm hearing this as arrogant or I'm hearing this as as pushy or salesy or whatever like that's what I'm hearing but is that really what you're saying is that your intention or am I putting that on you mm -hmm. and taking that step back and being able to clarify 
right? And just in your own brain. Are they really being arrogant or is that a trait that I've attached to them as a person? Okay. And so anytime they open their mouth, I now think they're arrogant, even though what they're saying right now may not be arrogant at all. <laughs> well, and then that could attach to what people have told you about them as well. Yes. There's, we've all fallen, been guilty of assuming someone's like somebody just based off of what others have told yes. us. Yeah, wow. absolutely. And we can't, we always have to judge a person by their interaction with us. Yes, you are correct. Oh man, especially in, in this day and age where yes, oh man, we we gather opinions of people that we don't even know um, yep. because it's just uh, you know things are just so in our face and 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 there's you know especially um, what I'm talking about is like high profile people you know we social media um, media just media in general just gives us a feeling like we actually know these people and we don't um, we don't so yeah. interesting yeah yeah absolutely. Um, Wow. That is great. So I have, I have one more question for you. And, okay. Um, and so I just want to know from you, you know, what's, what's most important to you? In emotional intelligence in life in general. Yeah. I mean, just, just what's, what's most important to you. Yeah. And, and just really with, with what your passion is and, and, and how you want to impact the world. Yeah. You know, I think something I keep coming back to lately uh -huh. is human interaction and making sure that we're putting humanity first, um, which also means humane. And I think that we are in a time right now of treating each other inhumanely. Mm. And, and I don't think that's a good thing. I, I don't like it. I don't like it in our culture and in our society. So for, for me, I think what's most important to me in my work and in my life as well is I want to make sure that I leave the world better than I found it. Yeah. And that when I have a conversation with somebody that they leave the conversation one point better on their scale on, on their pulse check. I, I want them one point better okay. than when they come to me. That, that's my goal, one point. So if they were a three, I hope after interacting with me, they're four. If they were a seven, I hope they're an eight. <laughs> that's, that's my goal is that I just uplift them that one point because I feel that it's in those human connections that we can change the world and that we can make the world a better place. Um, and technology does amazing things for us but it does not teach us how to treat each other. So that's got to come from inside. And so I think that's really what drives my work. I, I always say I try and help people have better conversations. Uh -huh. um, and that's because I think we talk at each other a lot and we don't actually talk with each other very often. And I think that creates a lot of the problems that I see around me and in the world. And so if I can have people have better conversations, then maybe they're a little bit nicer to each other. Um, maybe they treat each other a little bit better and maybe that leads us to have a, a better life overall. That's great. Well, you've left me at, well, we'll be realistic at a nine and a half. Um, oh, okay. Is, well, is there we go. Now? I mean, <laughs> this, is, this is 10. I mean, is that really, could, could you be a 10? Really be a 10? I don't know. You know, I always say my wedding day, I was a 10. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, like there are days, I can say there have been days maybe that I was a 10. Um, otherwise, I think my high is probably more like a nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you've, you've, you've at least achieved your, your objective of leaving. Well, yay. At least one thing better than one stars. So thank you. I'm so glad. I am so glad. I want to give everyone a chance to learn how they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I travel a lot for work. So the easiest way to connect with me is either, either social media or an email. Okay. You can email me at stevie, S-T-E-V-I-E, at orangecompass.com. Um, and you can go to our website and orangecompass.com and find out everything that we do. Um, but also if you want to kind of follow along with my travels and then see some of the articles and some of the work I've done on emotional intelligence, you can check me out at LinkedIn and on LinkedIn, I think my profile is Stevie Don Blakely PhD because okay. there was some other Stevie Blakely on the list. So, you know, you have to do what you got to do. Um, so, but, uh, but definitely find me on LinkedIn. I post there a lot. And then I have tons of articles and videos and all the things on emotional intelligence. That's really where I put all of my content. So if you're interested in following along with any of that, you can see that there. And then I always take um, pictures from the stage, which I always think is funny, right? So we all see the glamorous pictures of people up on stages speaking. So uh, what I do is I take a picture of my view, which is of all the audience members. That's awesome. I and so that. I do that every time I do a presentation, I post them on my LinkedIn. <laughs> so my view for the day. <laughs> I love that, I love it. So what we will do though, we'll, we'll make sure to put all of that information in, in the show notes. Um, awesome. that anybody can just easily click. We'll. Uh, We'll, we'll make sure to get everyone connected with you on LinkedIn uh, website for Orange Compass as well as your email address. So um, I can't tell you how much I gained from this conversation today. Um, I want to um, I, I want to thank you and uh, just for taking time out of your day to share this. Uh, it's it's so generous of you to, uh, to be willing to impart this on us. And, and I know that I'm, I'm, I'm truly leaving a better person. So thank you so much. Yay. <laughs> Yay. Oh, you are so welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Well, good deal. Well, thanks everybody for joining us. Uh, so glad that you were here. And I know that anyone that has experienced this video uh, is leaving a better person just like I am. So go out there, make something happen today. <laughs>